When I started out in property, I thought there were two strategies. One is buy property, hold on to it, rent it out. The other one was build houses and sell them. How wrong was I? I now know at least 16 property strategies that you must know about. So in this compilation of videos, I am going to share those strategies with you. This is video number one. Watch this and look at the first strategy and the other videos will share with you 15 further strategies. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. When I started out in property many years ago, for me, there were two options. Either buy a property, hold on to it, rent it out, or buy a property, refurbish it, and sell it on. And the same was for if you want to buy land with or without planning, and then obviously go to the planning process, build the houses, either keep them or sell them. Those were the only options that were known to me. And in fact, back in those days, I was rather naive. So I just thought, uh, you buy a property, rent it out, use those funds to pay the mortgage, and then hope for some capital growth in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time. And that's how the property market works. Uh, but you can tell uh, I was inexperienced in those days. And having now gained the experience, I've realized there are a hell of a lot of property strategies out there. And most people still aren't fully aware of them because there are still people who think like I used to, uh, that you either get a property, rent it out and hold on to it, or you build houses and you sell them. And those are the only two, two strategies. So I want to spend this uh, time of this video to share with you some of the popular and common property strategies that I think you should be aware of. Look at them, see which ones work for you and which ones you're interested in. And then of course, the strategy really depends on what you're looking to achieve. Uh, so are you looking for regular cash flow with some capital growth? Then obviously buy to let is the way forward. Are you looking for bigger chunks of money where you can build new houses or do commercial conversions, which is taking a commercial property, converting it into residential and then selling it on? How much time do you want to invest? Is it more passive or is it going to be more regular where you spend more time? Do you work elsewhere? So you want to outsource everything or do you want to leave your job and focus on where you are on property so you spend most of your time doing it. So all of these things alongside kind of the, the supply and demand, the kind of area you're interested in, all of these things will help you decide which property strategy is best for you. And remember, there's no one size fits all. So just because if you're, let's say, doing single lets, it doesn't mean you can't then do some of the other property strategies. The best thing to do is to diversify and have two or three different strategies. One is your big one and your main one, and the other two can be part-time or sideline strategies. So don't just stick to one strategy. Although, of course, there are lots of people who prefer to have one strategy, learn it inside out, and just stick to that. So it's kind of horses for courses. You decide what's best for you. Alongside that, of course, what's important is how much risk are you willing to take and how much capital do you have? So if you're risk averse and you want to kind of 
play it safe, then Bartlett is a well-trodden, well-known marketplace, and that would be a good place for you to start. If you're more open to risk, uh, then you might start looking at uh, building new homes, doing commercial conversions, buying land with option agreements, taking it through the planning process. So that obviously plays a part. Alongside that, access to capital, do you have your own money? Are you relying on money from banks? Crowdfunding, no money down, joint venture partners, or other sources, family and friends, uh, where you can get capital from, because make no mistake about it, capital is required to create a property business, especially with the larger projects. Of course, if you're doing something like deal sourcing or rent to rent, you might not need as much capital, but generally speaking, you will need capital. But the good news is, it doesn't have to be yours. You can find other people uh, who are cash rich, time poor, because they've got other commitments or they're running other businesses or they have a full-time job, uh, who don't have the time. And if you've got the time, you can link up with them, connect with them, and use their funds, your time and expertise, and have a proper joint venture uh, initiative where you can both, uh, it doesn't have to be two by the way, but where all of you uh, can create a successful business. So think about your appetite for risk, think about the capital requirements, and connect those two with the property strategy that you think will best work for you. Once you've done all that, then be very clear on your exit strategy in terms of uh, what's going to happen when you either want to move on from property or pass property down to other people or what your overall strategy is for your property business. And an exit strategy doesn't have to be just one thing, it can be a multiple of things. For example, if you're doing a commercial conversion with 15 units, you might decide you want to sell five, keep 10, uh, or you might want to sell 10, keep five, or s sell five, and if there's two partners, the other 10, if you had 15, keep from five each and you both go your ways. So think about all the different exit strategies for every single project and your overall exit strategy for yourself uh, and bear that in mind because it's important you have an exit strategy both in terms of funding wise for your business plan, for your personal circumstances and the, the way that you run your property business because that's extremely important. And with any business you'll know what's extremely important is having a good team around you. So you need to decide do you want to have an in-house team where you have people working for you? Do you want to have everything outsourced where you have experts uh, working for you but they work as, as consultants and advisors? Or do you want a bit of both? Now you, the, the truth is you can't have everybody working for you because obviously if, if you uh, employ an accountant or, the, or employ the services of an accountant, they probably won't be working for you. You may have a bookkeeper working for you unless you have a really large property business, you'll have an outside accountancy firm working for you. The same applies to lawyers. But some of the other people who could be involved in looking after your business, whether it's letting out property, whether it's sourcing property for you, whether it's doing some of the building work, depending again on, on the size of your portfolio, negotiating deals for you, helping you source the financing, you can have some of those people working in-house as long as you've got a sustainable business which can sustain them and you've got a clear growth plan in terms of how those people are going to help you achieve uh, your overall goals and objectives. So think about the team that you need and then think about whether you want to have them in-house, outsource, a bit of both, freelancers, uh, and it really doesn't matter where those people are based. If you 
prefer working with somebody and they're outside the country or they're based in, let's say you're in England and they're in Scotland or Wales. Nowadays, it doesn't really matter as long as you've got a clear kind of job description and clear uh, path for what you're looking to achieve with key performance indicators. People can be based anywhere they like, and property is very flexible like that. Uh, you, people don't need to be office-based. So the first one, of course, which we all know about, or most people know about, I'll just put BTL, which is buy to let. And here, you buy a property, you obtain funding for it, unless you've obviously got the cash in your bank or you've got a, a, a joint venture partner or a partner who's got the cash available. Uh, you put up the deposit, uh, usually at least 25%, the, and then up to 75% is funded by a bank or a third party lender. You rent the property out, you can do that yourself, or you can go to a, an agent uh, who can rent it out for you, and the rent comes in, you then pay the costs. So obviously the first cost is going to be uh, the mortgage cost, uh, and you need to decide whether you want to do interest only or uh, capital repayments and obviously paying the interest. That's totally down to you. I know most investors prefer to do interest only because that gives them better cash flow, uh, but the choice is yours on which one you want to do. Alongside that, you need to make sure uh, you account for all the different costs, insurance, repairs and maintenance, managing uh, fees for your agent, uh, and uh, certification for gas, electric, and all the other things that are involved. Uh, regulation in terms of, uh, is it in a, in a selective licensing area? Uh, are there any other restrictions that you need to be aware of? Uh, so you, that's something that you need to bear in mind. So the kind of three key benefits are, the first one is it's low risk. And this is generally speaking, where most people start when they haven't got the experience. It's an easy market to enter into. You don't need that much knowledge or experience to buy your first property because of course most people in the UK are accidental landlords or that's where they start. They end up buying a property and for themselves and then they might move out of that property to buy a bigger home or a different home for themselves and they end up keeping the first one and renting it out. Others may buy a home for themselves and then they've got some extra cash and they buy their first rental property. Uh, but most people are accidental landlords, so it's, it's an easy market to get into, so you don't need that much knowledge, experience or expertise, but obviously as you're looking to grow, then you will do, and it, it gives you consistent returns. Uh, obviously you need to think about uh, if you're going to have uh, how much voids there may be, and you need to be thinking about whether you do a, a deal or an arrangement with an agent, do you want fixed rent so you know exactly how much is coming in every single month, uh, and then that helps you to pay your costs, uh, or do you want it to be variable, which means you may have uh, voids. So you need to be thinking about that very, very clearly, but it does give you a regular, consistent income uh, as long as you've got tenants in there. The, th the, th the fourth benefit is you've, you've got monthly income, cash flow, and you've got capital growth. Of course, you don't have to do anything for the capital growth here, by the way, because the market pretty much controls that. And we know every 15 to 20 years time, property increases dramatically. Uh, so you'll get the benefit of having both income and capital, and it's not time consuming. So you don't need that, that much time. Once you've sourced the property, you've financed it, you can pretty much be hands off, give it to, to an agent who will do pretty much all the work for you, but they'll charge you for that. Uh, but your, if, if, if your time uh, is limited because you're, you're working elsewhere, well, this is a fantastic strategy because it doesn't require that, that much time. 
So now let's look at some of the potential downsides uh, to buy to let. And the first one, of course, is it's a slow strategy, which, which means uh, if you're looking to grow quickly or create a lot of cash flow, unless you've got access to the capital, uh, it's going to take you a long time because you people buy a property, then wait to get the deposit for the next one, then they buy the next one and the one after that. And of course, the margin on each property, again, depending on where you're buying it, but if you've got a 75% uh, loan to value, uh, then the margin for the cash flow on a monthly basis, which we covered over here, is going to be quite low. So it, it is, it's slow and steady. And if slow and steady works for you, it's fine. But if it doesn't, then obviously this might not be the number one strategy that you should be looking at and deploying. Number two, of course, is voids. So you need to bear that in mind because if your property is empty for three months in a year, you might have no income coming in because you've just had the nine months rent that's come in just about covers your mortgage payments. So you need to be very clear on that and have a plan for that or kind of go down the guaranteed rent route. And the third one is the returns, generally speaking, aren't as good as, as lucrative as some of the other property strategies that I'm gonna cover with you on this video. So linked with this then, of course, and I'll fix it, but I'll include it in, in buy to let, is having commercial property. And I think commercial property is a fantastic investment and should be part of your overall portfolio, whether you use a pension, like a small self-administered scheme, your SAS, or whether you invest in property yourself, uh, it's a very good way to go. Now, I know in Peterborough right now, there's a huge demand for warehousing. So if you're living in Peterborough and watching this video, and I'm sure it's the same for other areas, if you can build new warehouses, or find space to create a warehouse or find existing warehouses, you're going to do extremely well in terms of renting them out because the demand is significant. Now, the good thing about commercial property is, of course, you have a lease or you can have a lease in place, which pretty much gives you guaranteed tenure over a, a certain period of time and the rent's paid in advance. So that's a good way to rent property out. And of course, the tenant can go bust and they can have problems and cash flow issues and they might pay late. But usually, uh, when you have a lease, uh, you're pretty secure. And if you can get a personal guarantee uh, from the lessee, it's even better. Alongside that, you've got certain tax advantages like capital allowances and other things which you ought to know about. Alongside that, of course, you can use your pension to buy a property and SAS is the way to go with that. Another distinct advantage right now is because of obviously COVID-19, uh, the market is very competitive uh, in terms of you finding really, really good deals. Uh, so the last three or four deals that, that I've done, we've been able to negotiate really good prices on commercial property. I mean, significant discounts of like 30% and more on one of them is about 45% simply because uh, there's plenty of property out there, out there right now. People are working from home and for those who are looking to sell are having to basically uh, negotiate deals uh, which give them the cash that they want and find a buyer. So good reasons to have commercial property. Some of the downsides are that if you buy a property which is vacant, then finding a tenant right now isn't the easiest thing to do uh, because most people, like I said, 
are working from home or lots of people are working from home and when that's going to change I don't know because I don't have a crystal ball uh, but if your tenant vacates it may take you a while to find a new tenant or if you've got a large property maybe break it up into smaller properties. <coughs> The impact of COVID is, is, is unknown. So what impact that's gonna have on commercial property overall, we don't know. So that's something that you also need to bear in mind uh, because if COVID carries on for a lot longer and most people kind of appreciate right now, it's here to stay. What impact that's gonna have, I don't know, but make sure that you are aware of that. And then when there's an economic downturn, commercial property usually is hit hard. So you need to make sure this is part of your overall strategy and not the only strategy, because if you have all your eggs in one basket, that can be very problematic. That said, I would strongly suggest that you have commercial property as part of your overall portfolio strategy, and we'll cover that as we go on. So that's it for the first part of this particular uh, compilation. This is video one. There'll be further videos. I've only I've yet covered one strategy, although I've broken it down into two in terms of buy to let and then commercial property. There are another 15 strategies I'm gonna share with you. And then this particular video will be a compilation with all the other videos. Watch them all together and hopefully you'll be clear and you'll, you'll see the massive opportunity you have with all the different strategies available. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.